Welcome to What's Happening MoCo, a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable Montgomery. And now, here's your host, Derek Kenny. Good day, and welcome to this episode of What's Happening MoCo. In today's episode, we talk to Council Member Will Jawando. He'll share insights as to what the council is doing and what he is doing in light of the recent protests and phenomena across the world and recently here, of course, in Montgomery County, Maryland, inspired by the tragic and apparent murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the hands of a law enforcement officer. Councilmember Jawando, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks uh, for having me on. It's good to be with you. This past weekend, Montgomery County hosted several peaceful demonstrations in memory of George Floyd and against police violence and systemic racism. What's your take on these recent developments as a parent, as an African-American, and even as a council member? Well, the protest scenes and the demonstrations have really been a pleasant surprise uh, and something that's served as, I think, a source of uh, healing, but also an outlet. You know, I've attended several of these um, protests and demonstrations. I was at one in Bethesda last week, led by our young people, where over a thousand uh, people turned out. I also was up in Germantown this weekend with a group of families, a mom's group that pulled some folks together. I was at the uh, Montgomery Blair in Silver Spring on Friday night for uh, for a car uh, protest that ended up and I spoke there uh, and you, you know you're seeing this across the country I think upwards of 450 cities and towns uh, and communities have had uh, protests or demonstrations uh, you've never seen this level of en- engagement all 50 states it really speaks to the frustration the anger the hurt uh, the pain of the moment that we're in uh, as a father of four young children uh, a son and three daughters uh, as a black man in America Uh, My whole life, uh, I've dealt with uh, police uh, brutality. I've dealt with uh, loss of life. I've had friends that have died to gun violence. Uh, I've been arrested myself. I've talked about that. And just like one in two of every African-American man you meet has been arrested. Um, And so it's a uh, it speaks to the system of injustice that's placed with racism in this country for 401 plus years that's entrenched and involved in every part of our uh, society, whether it be criminal justice or education or healthcare. And you see it in COVID-19 and one in four African-Americans have died, that have have died, uh, one in four of the people rather, that have died in Montgomery County from COVID are black. And that's not uh, representative of our population. So it's been heartening to see the protests and to see the diversity of them. Uh, But it's also a reminder that we know at some point they're going to stop and we're going to need to make sure that we take advantage and capitalize on this moment so that George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Robert White uh, and so many others that their lives were not lost in vain. And so we have to take action. And, and, and as you speak about that, you're in a unique position because you actually will be part of the change in Montgomery County or you'll be part of shaping the change in Montgomery County from a policy standpoint. What are you, what are your plans and what are the plans of council in terms of responding to this, this need? 
yeah, it, it is a, it's been a great way for me to be able to channel some of the pain and hurt and frustration uh, that many people feel is to focus on how do we make things better. Uh, you know, I've been working on this issue for a long time, you know, even before I got on the council, but certainly the first bill that was introduced in this council in January of 2019 was uh, the Law Enforcement Trust and Transparency Act, which I authored to make uh, investigations into police-involved shootings independent and to make that public, that report of that investigative report public. And that became law and went into effect January of this year. So I've been working on these issues for a while, and I see my role as a, a very important one, along with my colleagues, to change the way we look at policing and criminal justice in this country. It needs to be focused on uh, service. It needs to be focused on guardianship, not uh, not being a warrior. That's a famous quote from the President Obama's 21st Century Policing Task Force that uh, I had the great fortune to be around and involved with. We need guardians, not warriors. We need uh, to focus just as much on positive outcomes, de-escalation. How many people have you helped as we do on uh, stats, stats that we collect, like how many arrests do you have, how many tickets have you issued, et cetera. So we need a paradigm shift in policing. We also need to change our use of force policy. I'm gonna be introducing a bill next Tuesday uh, with my colleagues, council members, Rice, Albernaz, and Navarro, uh, that will raise the standard of when deadly force is uh, able to be used from reasonable to necessary to prevent the loss of life. It'll also prevent things like chokeholds and knees to the neck and hitting people who are restrained or handcuffed. Uh, and it'll require officers to intervene if they see a fellow officer committing a crime or uh, violating policy or using excessive force. So that's going to be a first step uh, of many that we're going to need to take to separate racism and, uh, and extricate it from all of our systems. Um, and so, and actually tomorrow, I'm introducing a resolution with the support of my colleagues to declare racism a public health emergency in Montgomery County, because we die for many reasons. Police violence is one of them, uh, but we also die in hospitals for lack of care or because doctors don't think we're sick. Uh, we die uh, on the streets because we get hit by cars and trucks because our communities aren't walkable at higher rates than any other population. Uh, and so maternal mortality, black women die at three times the rate of white women in childbirth. So we have a lot to address uh, and racism is at its root and you have to diagnose the problem before you can fix it. So those are some of the things I'm working on, but we're going to have to, it's going to take a methodical approach. You don't get into 400 years of a system where we're either enslaved or formally discriminated against by the state. It's going to take a methodical approach to to detangle that and to get that systemic racism out of all of those systems. Right. And speaking to that, especially the policing part, I believe tonight there's going to be a forum that you're a part of. Can you talk, tell us a little bit about that and what people can expect and how can they participate? And I'll see if I can pull that graphic up. Yeah, sure. So there'll be a yeah, community discussion. My uh, council member Hucker has been hosting the, some discussions on different topics on Mondays. He invited me to join him this uh, this uh, Monday to talk about with the rest of the folks you see here, some of our state folks and community leaders, uh, to have a discussion with the public about what they want to see. And and uh, I think you know it's mostly going to be hearing from members of the community. We're going to make some brief opening statements, and then it'll be more of a hearing from folks about what they want to see from our 
police department and our elected leaders on policy. And it'll be one of many conversations. There's no way this is going to have to be an ongoing thing. I mean, we've been receiving hundreds of, uh, if not almost a thousand at this point, of emails and communications to our office about wanting to see reform. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, so this is going to be a discussion that needs to be ongoing. Again, it's going to take a while to do this. Uh, we also have a police advisory commission that's open right now. If people want to serve, you can apply up until I think it's June 19th. Uh, to serve on a newly formed police advisory commission that's going to make recommendations on police policy and practice. And so that's another way to get involved. We have our racial equity bill that we passed last year that starting August 1 will request to look at, uh, have a racial equity statement, an impact statement on East piece of legislation and will show us how it's supposed to impact our different communities. And then we have to act on that information. So that's really what my resolution declaring racism a public health emergency will hopefully continue to help us to do is to say we have to have an action plan in each of these areas and certainly in the area of policing. All right. <clears throat> now, if people want to connect with you, and I, you know, I'm talking about they want to reach out to your office for help or there are things going on that they need assistance with, they don't not only, I guess, meet with, talk to you, there are mechanisms in place for them to talk but one of the places they can find you is your website. Um, so let's see if I can pull that up and, and talk about maybe are there some ways that um, people can reach out to you via your website or email addresses? Um, yeah, I was just going to say I'm very easy to find. Uh, you know, my on social media, it's just Will Jawando, just my first and last name on, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, and then Councilmember Jawando. Uh, at MontgomeryCountyMD.gov, as you see there, is my uh, 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 email address, and or you can call us at 240-777-7811. Um, and you know, we we I take it very seriously representing all 1.1 million plus people and residents in this county. Uh, so regardless of the issue, whether it be related to policing or any issue, uh, my, me and my office and our team are ready to assist our residents. So. Uh, please reach out, and uh, if you have questions, thoughts, or comments, happy to happy to hear them. Right. And I know people do, so I, I look forward to it. Well, well, uh, thank you for that. And before we go, we want to leave on a positive note. I'm not sure if you're still doing this, but could you talk about your your story time series yeah. that you've been doing for the county's littlest residents? Let's talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. One of the many ways you're actually in the studio right now. We're here, you know the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and you see the sign behind me. I've been doing virtual story time uh, for the last 51 days, uh, weekdays. And, and I, I started it. I'm the lead for libraries for the council, which basically means I direct that budget process for the council. And I spent a lot of times in libraries. They were very critical to me growing up in Long Branch. I spent a lot of time in the Long Branch Library. And uh, story time is a big uh, feature of libraries that is free and is used by thousands of residents, but is not available in person right now because libraries are closed trying to prevent the spread of the virus. So uh, when they, when I thought about that, I said, well, how can I help give parents, caregivers a break and also keep literacy going and have some fun? And I'm a professional book reader because I have four young children at nine, seven, six and one. And so uh, I, I partnered up with the libraries and with VizArts and a whole bunch of folks. And so we do our projects and we read two books a day and we do it pretty much every weekday. There's some rare exceptions, but we've done over 50 of them and committed to doing it uh, until 
libraries reopen. So they're usually around midday, around 11.30 a.m., uh, depending on the day. But all of the previous ones, if you've never watched, are available on my YouTube page and on Councilmember Will Jawando uh, Facebook page. You can see all the old story times and, and watch them. And, and so we have young viewers, not so young viewers, uh, and we several thousand people watch it a day. And so it's been pretty it's been pretty fun. Well, thank you, Councilmember Jawando, for those great insights and for hosting that wonderful story time for the youngest residents of the county. And thank you for weighing in on what is a very heavy issue in the county and throughout the world. And thank you, county residents, for listening to this podcast, for watching the videos, and for liking, for sharing, for subscribing to the podcast. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, using the information that you see now on your screen. And as always, I'll leave you with this question. What's happening, MoCo? Thanks for listening, and please subscribe.